Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. Gold Star Disaster finally made it to DiboCon. And he said, I'm excited to go together. I think this might be a date. And then all of you see this bigger, different looking version of Adderkin start to glow. I'm frustrated that our very existence here is somehow a political statement. What do you expect? The towers aren't supposed to be talking to each other right now. We're not going to miss your talk with a whole bunch of fraxness or whatever, right? There's still a bit of time until all this panel. I had this idea that I've been toying with. I was sort of inspired by the jellican here in my pocket, and I was wondering if it was something you maybe wanted to help me with. Once you go in the skate park, like, your points get automatically tallied, so if you do anything in there, you make a shot at the leaderboard. Brinley, I gotta stop challenging you to races and challenges. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, got, I got two ones. There's a six. Yay! How did you picture this going, Maeve? What do you think will get you to that infinite sausage? (laughs) Michael! (laughs) Just to make things, like, perfectly clear, Mm -hmm. you're asking how much kick you need on a roll to go clothes shopping. Nothing has mattered as much to Trevor (laughs) as this clothes shopping roll. You've mm-hmm. done it, Trev Four. You've saved Gold Star Disaster. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Quantum Kickflip, a slug blaster actual play podcast. My name is Lena. I am your host and slugmaster, and with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world, and they're going to introduce themselves to you now. And what I want to know with your introduction is, what is your character's infinite pizza order? I mean, I'll go first to give everyone else some time, because mine is canonical. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Robin, and I play the Grit playbook. Maybelline Zandross is her name, and her infinite pizza order, well, that's the Endless Sausage, baby. Uh, she lives with the Arborists at the Arborist Temple. Uh, I think they are vegetarian uh, by by rule, like they, they grow their own food and, and sustainable and, and whatnot, and they... Uh, it's all it's all vegetarian offerings at the Arborist Temple. So uh, Maybelline having her own interests and her own sort of uh, conflicts with the Arborists, I think, gets cravings for that that endless sausage pizza. Really, really loves the meat lovers. Hi, I'm Michael Vetch, and I'm here playing Walton Wick, the chill playbook with the robot companion. Uh, and I think one uh, flavor that was mentioned the other day was uh, 10 to the nth power cheese. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, I, I think normally Walt wouldn't go for a cheese pizza, but he really appreciates how this one changes the flavor of cheese every few seconds. It's really <laughs> nice to get one bite, but still a lot of flavor uh, depth to it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Glenna. I play Brinley Zerk, the Guts playbook. Uh, she has the gravity blaster in the form of a gauntlet on her hand and uh the only one that i can remember <laughs> is the gridge garden yeah uh, which is like the veggie pizza and i think that's because she like has a little bit of that like she she's a bit of a fitness person and maybe is like ah yes the veggie one it is the healthiest one i will do that but it does have cheese <laughs> 
it cancels out the fact that it is pizza. Sounds, it really sounds like the type of person who would eat some grapes and be like, so sweet. What a special treat for me. <laughs> Hello, I'm Liam. I'm playing Helix Pinnacle. Uh, he's the smarts playbook with the hard light board. And being a being that has been uh, engineered biologically to uh, experience everything in peak perfection, uh, his, his order, I don't know if there's a name for it, but it's uh, pineapple, arugula, anchovies, pickled peppers, and chorizo. Uh, because <laughs> pineapple is sweet, arugula is bitter, anchovies are salty, pickled peppers are uh, sour, and then chorizo is for the umami. Uh, so he gets all five, <laughs> all five flavors in every bite, uh, fully uh, maximizing his taste bud potential. Yeah, they call that one the hot mess. <laughs> Incredible. He min-maxed pizza. Yeah, I've, I've, I've min-maxed my pizza order. <laughs> Hello, my name is David Ray, and I play uh, Trev Four, who is the heart playbook, and has the hyper-optic visor. Uh, and his favorite pizza at Infinity Pizza would be, of course, the EMP pepperoni uh, pizza and NFTs. Uh, that, you know, gives you a little bit of a jolt. It gives you a little bit of like, oh, hey, this is an unsustainable model for currency as well as uh, it kind of like shocks any electronics. Uh, so it, it's a, it's kind of a drug, uh, for robots. <laughs> Everybody else is just like, this is, uh, just a bunch of metal and magnets in my pizza. So it's only robots <laughs> that have this pizza. But you get that bitter aftertaste of capitalism in oh. there. Mm. Oh, I'll swap that for arugula. <laughs> 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 and as I mentioned, my name is Lena. I am your host. Uh, and I would go for the Oops All Breadsticks. It's like the breadsticks crust, but the pizza is all breadsticks because that's the most shareable and I love my friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, y'all are at DaiboCon, which is very exciting for all of you. Some of you have had a recent stint at Infinite Pizza, where uh, you were judged harshly on how cool you were, and uh, emerged cooler or not cooler, depending on whose uh, perspective it is. Um, You've also hit up the skate park and uh, have done some really, really, really high stakes um, life on the line uh, clothes shopping. So it's already <laughs> been a very eventful DiboCon, and I can't wait to see what y'all do next. So let's play some Slug Blaster! I want to go back to Brinley and Helix at the skate park. Now, when we last left the two of you, um, you had just started uh, racking up some points for some tricks. Uh, the deal with the skate park is anything you do in it gets you points. And the more tricks you pull off successfully in a row, or the bigger the trick you do, the more points you get and the better chance you have of scoring on the leaderboard. Helix had tried to pull a trick uh, and it did not go very well for him at all. Uh, Brinley is partway through a successful trick. She is very close to uh, swiping 10th place on the leaderboard. And I want to I want to throw it out to the two of you to see uh, who wants to do something next. 
Brinley has just finished uh, landing on the lip of, I believe we said it was a pool, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the pool, having used her portal pass, and in front of her is a rail, and she is going to uh, hop up and grind along this rail as, a, as the third and final part of this trick. All right. So... I'm doing a trick, so that gives me a d6. I'm also going to add a d6 from my attitude. So I'm going to roll three d6. And uh, doing a trick, yes. Yes. So you will mark style if you succeed, but any problem will be worse. That's a six. All right. Yeah. Uh, So I think it's a a very simple grind along the rail doing a... No, it's not a simple grind along the rail. I'm going to... I learned this word from Mikey. Uh, She's going to do a dark slide. (laughs) Which I believe is where your board is upside down and you do a grind. Mm -hmm. That's correct, yes. (laughs) Look at me learning. Good job. (laughs) We're all learning our skate terms here as we play this skating game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and that's how she traverses the rail. As you grind along this rail, it suddenly pivots and... It seems like where you were grinding alongside it, it's almost like you're sideways along the rail now and it's going straight up. Hmm. You see that in this rail is like threaded a bright orange strip of light. And maybe someone who didn't have the guts of steel that Brinley had would have panicked and bailed uh, upon seeing that, you know, this rail takes a, a complete strange opposite turn, but you hold fast, you know what's going on, you clear this curb, and as you do, it sort of opens to another area of the park. There's more rails here, and kind of staircases, but they're they're Escher staircases. Uh, Some (laughs) go down, and then they turn right and into walls, and all of it has this orange threading through it that basically holds your gravity in place. And uh, past this maze of uh, staircases and rails and ramps, you see the loop. Please mark your style. You added a D6 from your attitude, right? But no kick? That's correct. So that marks a spot on your progress track. If you land the trick at this moment, you will score on the leaderboard 10th place, knocking out the name Ass. (laughs) If you want to keep going you can try to score higher on the leaderboard, though I will remind you that the first failure resets your entire track. Ooh, see, there's what Glenna wants to do and what Brinley wants to do. Ooh, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Well, I think... If I get while well, you think about that, I'll, I'll just jump in here. And I think Helix challenged you to a to a sort of game of ostensibly horse. What is it called in Tony Hawk's? Yeah, combo challenge. Seeing how well she is doing, seeing her go from the ramp to the bowl, grinding along this lip into more grinding, and the fact that she is about to knock ass at, uh, off the progress track. I think Helix is going to pull out his phone and just start recording. But to keep up with her, I'm going to have to record a, or, or stream rather. Uh, and skate along with her. So that's, I have, you know, both Helix and Liam have have resigned that this challenge has been lost uh, once again. But uh, does, you know, Gold Star Disaster, still looking out for the team. Uh, So yeah, uh, Helix is going to whip out his phone uh, and be like, Brinley is on track to beat ass. (laughs) (laughs) Points the camera at the leaderboard, points it at Brinley, who is now, you know, 10, 15 feet behind. uh, And I'm just going to try to skate along to keep up with her. Uh, nothing fancy. Um, the fancy thing is that he's he's uh, filming and skateboarding at the same time. Well, that's really nice of him. <laughs> that's so nice. 
<laughs> I feel like you shouldn't have to roll for this. Okay. But maybe I think this might justify you lending your resources to Brinley if that is what you would like to do. Sure. I'll add a I'll add a kick from my uh I don't know how how describe how your smarts help this action. So it's not coming out of my attitude, it'll come off my hard light board. Great. Because I'm 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 just keeping up along with her on the hard light board. And it is very nice of me, incredibly nice of me, but also we've established that um, we're not recording, we're live streaming, so if and when you biff it, that's going up <laughs> on the page too. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I kind of didn't, a- and I also didn't ask you, you yes. know, I just started doing this, so. Mm. <laughs> also, Liam, please refresh my memory. Um, I seem to recall in the last episode, you, as Helix, had talked to Brinley about potentially pulling off some kind of stunt. Is that still rattling around in the back of your mind? Oh, for sure. This is, uh, this is warm up, this, this, uh, combo challenge. Whether whether she biffs it or whether she uh, makes the leaderboard, uh, next stop, uh, unless Brinley says otherwise, uh, is going to be to the the loop for uh, a stunt of my own. Well, Brinley, you are uh, literally kicking ass <laughs> in this skate park, and there is so much more skate park for you. But now, even more people are watching. And you got a kick. And I got a kick. Thank you. Um, I'm going to do the exact same, not the exact same thing that I just did. That's a silly way of putting it. But I'm going to do a trick, get a D6 from doing a trick, and add a D6 for my attitude, because that always refills every time I attempt a trick. Oh, hey. Guts what? This is the place for Brinley. <laughs> yeah. So I still have 3D6 and the kick from Helix. And I think because the, the orange strip, she's basically going to follow the orange strip to um, do like a like an aileron roll. Some people might call it a barrel roll, and those people would be wrong. Um, (laughs) I'm going to roll three dice with a kick. That's a five. Okay, mixed success. Uh, Describe how you weave through this maze. Uh, Yeah, I think it's largely like she flips her board back up to the correct uh, way, and she's uh, going around, sort of like crouching down, maybe doing a grab. And just like really tight to the board, kind of looping around the rail Mm -hmm. and then uses her gravity gauntlet to like rail hop essentially. But like because they're MC Escher stairs, yeah, she's rail hopping in like a weird, like it looks like she's going to fall and then like she zoops herself to the next rail using her gauntlet. Yeah, abrupt 90 degree turns without apparent explanation. Uh, You enter a stairwell one way and then come out another way somehow. Oh, because I have the portal pass. That's how I do it. Yeah. Amazing. So the portal pass is even like, it would be enough of a mind-bending illusion, but you use the portal pass in such a way that makes it even more incomprehensible and even more awesome. Yeah. Uh, You mark two spots on the track now. I sure do. Brinley is on a roll, and I know exactly what your problem is. You burst out of the portal and Helix has caught an amazing angle. He is basically directly next to you. Uh, So you are fully in frame. And I think that's when it clicks to you that he's been streaming. Mm. Because you know Helix. He wouldn't just record. He's streaming. Um, You hear whoops and cheers and whistles from the people around the skate park watching you, and then you start hearing a chant. Loop, 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 loop. 
Luke. <laughs> I'm gonna give you an emotional slam of pressured. Oh my god. Oh, I'm taking it. Okay. Your slam boxes are full, fam. Of emotional slams. Emotional okay. slams. Jealous of Helix pressured by the crowd that wants you to do the loop. Oh, and she's going to do the loop because she is, like me, a fool. Um. <laughs> okay, so I refill that 1d6 because I attempted a trick. Mm-hmm. I am going to do this loop, and I am going to finish the combo, and I am going to rock it to the top of the leaderboard. Bam! (laughs) (laughs) I need three kick for that, is that correct? One roll clears the track, three kick would take you to first place. Yep, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Loop. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I am going to take a d6 from... Uh, attempting a trick. I'm going to take a d6 from my attitude. I'm going to take a d6 from my gauntlet. I'm going to add two kick from my attitude and one kick from my gauntlet. Okay. The thing I always forget is that you can take a dare if you need more dice. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I want this to work so badly. <laughs> There's also hype dice, which, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Can I use a hype well, die, please? I think it's putting our crew on the map, so I think Maeve would approve, but. Yeah, I think use the hype. Obviously, I'm, I'm streaming. I would encourage hype dice, but. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll throw one more thing out there. Mm. It has been established that you can basically toggle the gravity of this loop mm-hmm. to be on or off. Yes. If you turn it off, you will get extra style. Your problem will be much worse. I'm going to turn it off. Yes. Okay. You you signal to the attendant. They flick a switch. You see the orange light threading through the loop turn to gray, and the audience erupts into deafening cheers. Okay. So I'm going to take that hype die. I'm going to use my impulse rig to use my beam to give myself a boost of speed to go through that loop-de-loop. I am rolling 5d6 with 3 kick. Here we go. Oh, that's a 6! Yeah! It's a (laughs) 6! Describe. Go. Come on. (laughs) All right. So she uses a boost of speed, like like Iron Man, like just shoots her hand out behind her and and (laughs) speeds up as she's going and going and going and as she reaches the top she actually puts her hand out and starts um like what is that called when you put your hand down when you do take a turn oh just like skimming along the pavement kind of thing yeah and she does that and turns her gravity gauntlet on to like (laughs) keep herself attached but then uh does like a to show that she's not a fool does like a kickflip in the middle of it (laughs) and would go crashing down to the ground but uses her gauntlet to like get herself back up there and finish strong. And then at the very end, because I wanted to do this the whole time, she uh, just does a standing backflip and lands and catches her board. (laughs) Oh my God. Everyone loses their minds. Everyone is just like cheering and screaming and hollering. Brinley and Helix, I think you both have a view of this. Maybe Helix, you you turn your camera over to see uh, what's going on. Uh, And you see the leaderboard. You see the names update from 10th to 1st. It's Dylan, Sally, Paisley, Bryce, <laughs> Zenly, Bez, Tybalt, K-Jump, Whiplash, Brinley. 
Loop, 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 we did it, Brindley did it. This has been another stunt from Gold Star Disaster. Brindley, what do you have to say for yourself as he like throws the camera in your face? Uh, <laughs> stay cringe, everybody. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> End stream. Br- Brindley, that was incredible. That 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 was epic. You you we 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 laid out three locations on this challenge, and you, you just took it to the next level. I was incredibly impressed. Thank you, Helix. I appreciate that. Do you want to take another go? Well, seeing you do that, I'm feeling pretty confident I can also do a hell of a trick on the loop. The one I was mentioning uh, previously. Would you Would you be willing to help me with that? Yeah, of course. If this looks good on the page, the thing I'm planning, gonna be even better. And then he like turns around, not realizing that's extremely obnoxious thing to say. <laughs> I was about to say like, oh, would this like clear Brinley's jealous slam because they worked together to do this beautiful stunt and like maybe she like learned and grew and then nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Lena, you said I get extra style, is that correct? Yes. Take three style, Brinley. Whoa. Awesome. Thank you. What a stylish gal. What a stylish gal. The two of you make your way back towards the uh, Escher staircases. People are cheering. People are screaming. You see Tybalt, and and he's, like, coming up to enter the park. Uh, Next to him is this short girl uh, with, like, long hair and twin braids, wearing, like, similar sort of athletic equipment, though not, you know, the flagrantly open shirt that Tybalt has. They're making their way to the park. They both look super, super excited to, uh, to catch up with you, but we will catch up with you momentarily. Maeve and Walt, you make your way back to Daibokan, having just made a mark at Infinite Pizza, for better or for worse. Uh, Each of you has a hot dog. Uh, Maeve, maybe you have multiple hot dogs. (laughs) Not anymore. She's finished them. All right. Yeah, she (laughs) she, uh, wrecked some hot dogs in record time. You make your way back and immediately are just like engulfed by this throng of people going to and fro. You see the merch tables, you see the banner, and you see Trev 4, laden with two large shopping bags and one small shopping bag. Hey Trev, what's, uh, whoa, what's all this? Do not worry, I have attained for us some hella good uh, merchandise and equipment. Oh, sick. Just stuff from the, the con booths around here? Of course, there are many great merchants with many varieties of equipment. And I have calculated using various algorithms to ascertain what is the most popular items and have combined them to make the most hella great outfits. Uh, Maeve kind of pulls Walt aside for a sec and is like, uh, hey, this is the same robot that when he had to choose his avatar for the hangout space, Chose like <laughs> some weird old null guy with bug eyes, right? Like, I'm a little worried about what's in those bags and what he thinks is going to be a, a fashionable. What did he say? We have to get our style on jam or something. Like, I, I'm I'm nervous about this, but we should probably be supportive, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure whatever Trev has for all of us, it'll it'll totally be on style. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, I'm sure he's he's thought of something real special for each of us. <laughs> I mean, turn back to Trev. 
Now, Trev, you're not, are you dressed up at this moment? Or are you still just like you? Yes, at this moment, when you see Trev 4, uh, Trev 4 already has, like, things on that he did not have before, which includes just a tie-dyed T-shirt uh, it's like a, a like a big s- smiley face on it, uh, which you have seen in like older popularian kind of culture kind of thing. <laughs> also on his forearm, like taking up uh, a, a, a vast amount of space is uh, what you know to be a Quahalian watch. It doesn't keep track of time. Uh, but rather, it keeps track of uh, the possible outcomes of decisions that they may make. Uh, <laughs> normally, it's a lot for like other uh, beings, but you can also immediately notice that it just has one on it, which is uh, oh yeah, uh, Trev Four is a robot. <laughs> oh, it has only one outcome because he's pre-programmed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will also say that uh, attached to your current ensemble, Trev 4, that may draw your attention, uh, Walt and Maeve, is a big blue ribbon that uh, says along the top, first prize, and along the bottom it says, most beautiful. (laughs) That's all? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, oh, is this like some kind of novelty ribbon? Where'd you find this? This is this is a riot. I, I should I should pick up one of these. I do not believe that you are able to pick up one because I have been awarded with this uh, uh, this particular prize due to the fact that I am considered to be the most beautiful Daibokun. <laughs> oh, I haven't won an award. And of course, I gave full credit to Gold Star Disaster. Uh, Everything gets like blurry and hazy. And when it comes back into focus, uh, we find Trev in the beauty contest. Uh, there's an attendant wearing glasses and writing down, okay, Trevor Kin, polished form Daibokin. <laughs> and who's your trainer? My trainer is... Gold Star Disaster. Okay, first name Gold Star. <laughs> last name Disaster. Uh, all right, right this way. We're going to get started right away. So the very first contest in the, of course, the Dybokin, uh contest is uh, one where you ask the Dybokin how would they address world and interdimensional peace? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Trevor, uh, you know, like he f- he feels pretty confident because all the other ones just go to the mic and they just say their name. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's it. Like, there's yeah. nothing else. A polite applause every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and Trevor goes. It seems to me, if we are going to do well across the dimensions, it seems that we need to build strong relationships and support each other. Now, David Ray admits that, that that's not a great, insightful uh, reaction, but it is a step above just saying your name into the microphone. Cold kid, cold kid. The applause is enthusiastic, but still very polite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see uh, 
flash forward Trev's uh, sitting on a table with both like his knees up like he's got his feet and his butt on the table so that his knees are up in the air he's sitting kind of <laughs> like a dog uh, as as a stuffy uh, older uh, gentleman uh, older thinner set of Spartan with like a clipboard in one hand a pen in another a measuring tape between the other two because he's got four <laughs> is, is yeah. circling and like uh, you know checking this, you know, make sure all of uh, Trev's limbs are symmetrical and uh, and measuring his different proportions and stuff. Um, and he holds <laughs> up the uh, the pencil and, like, kind of puts it up between, like, up to Trev's eyes and moves it back and forth and Trev's eyes follow it back and forth and then he, like, moves it all the way around Trev's head yeah, and yeah, Trev's yes. face just, like, projects yeah, around yeah. all sides and, like, loops around <laughs> yes. a couple of times. Uh, and he makes a little satisfied, like, and scribbles something on his clipboard. <laughs> it, uh, it is impressive when a, uh, a divakin can just follow the thing around the head. That's uh, that's advanced. <laughs> but you are a polished form divakin, don't you know? <laughs> so there's a talent portion. <gasps> what does Trev for do? <laughs> I think Trev, uh, from his wrists, puts out his taser bolts, but in like a synchronized swimming kind of way. So the tasers fly out and make patterns and explode in such a way that it's almost like a little fireworks display. Uh, that's right. And, and and that pattern is in the form of the kindred uh, like symbol or whatever. Like it's, yeah. uh, it does also happen to blind the front row of uh, people in the audience uh, because it's not just for the style. It is also to uh, subdue uh, employees. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a little hard light turtle uh, further down the stage who's got like several plates spinning on on, like long sticks (laughs) and the the light show startles him and all the plates come crashing down and he's like... Ah, <laughs> oh, <tortican>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, <laughs> okay uh, Dave, there's a runway portion um, <laughs> where the yep. Diablekin are strutting down the runway doing their like very uh, uh, posh walks. At the right. end of the runway, they strike a pose and then they turn around and they strut back. Describe Trev Four's strut and pose. And the music. Give me a taste of the music, please. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it is just uh, a rendition of Shawn Michaels' uh, entrance theme, Uh, I'm Just a Sexy Boy. (laughs) I'm Sexy Boy. I'm Just a Sexy Boy. And and, uh, Trevor is walking confidently. He goes up to the front, and his face just uh, turns into like um, like fireworks on his digital display, right? Because he doesn't have a full face. <laughs> and, and then he, uh, instead of like uh, turning around like a, uh, like a normal individual on a catwalk would do, instead his head still faces forward as his body rotates underneath him <laughs> and he walks backward, walks back towards the thing as his face goes out and uh, his body still kind of jiggles back and forth to the sexy boy. I'm just a sexy boy. Uh, you get wolf whistles, including from an actual wolf divokin. <laughs> <laughs> 
can I pitch there's like kind of like an agility dressage kind of session there's like obstacles and it's all about moving through the space and doing doing things following commands and uh, trainer input uh, so Trev has to uh, summon up and project out an image of this this person who is first name Goldstar, last name Disaster. Uh, so he just uses his avatar from the chat room, who, as we all know, is Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Don Knotts, yes. Uh, get over that ramp. I don't know what Don Knotts sounds like. Oh, no, you gotta jump through the middle of the hoop. Come on. <laughs> And, and that's what gets uh, people's attention is just like uh, the Don Knotts avatar, not even Trev for himself. It's the, the avatar oh that people God. think is uh, his uh, commander or whatever. And there are some Nullites who are there and they're just like, wait, is that, is that Don Knotts? Is that Don <laughs> from the Apple Dumpling Gang? Don Knotts? Is that? And then a popularian turns and is like, no, idiot, that's Gold Star Disaster. <laughs> uh, final beat, final beat. Uh, at the very end, uh, they announce third place, and they have like those like uh, stands, like like in the Olympics, where you stand on like each one. And so they call up third place, and they call up second place, and they say, "And in first place, Trevorkin, trainer, Gold Star Disaster." And you step forward, and you stand on the the plinth, and they give you your ribbon, and they give you the flowers, and they hold up the microphone. Trev, for what is your acceptance speech? Uh, my my head just spins on the top of its neck, just like. Thank you very much. I am glad that I was able to be such a great. Diebokin. <laughs> He, he high-fives the third place, which is a koala who leaves him hanging because uh, the koala kin doesn't realize what's going on. Uh, and the second place was a, was a squid daibo kin who gives him eight high-fives. <laughs> we melt back into the present. Man, the, the one consistent thing about all these daibo kin events is that the people that run them don't seem to know what things are and aren't Daibokin. <laughs> a group of people walk by and they look at Trev 4 and they wave and go, hey, Trevorkin! And then they keep walking. <laughs> Hello! And I wave at them. Trev, you, you know you're not a Daibokin, right, buddy? Like, you're, you're a robot from Operablum, but you're not, you're not a Daibokin. Oh, I was not aware. It seems to be, to me, that a Daibokin is not something that registers in my vocabulary. I was unsure <laughs> what it meant. Ah, well, I mean, no harm, no foul, I guess. Congrats, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, in return, I hope you appreciate this outfit I have bought for you. And I handed out uh, to Maybelline. It's one of the big bags. Uh, and, and Maeve tenses up in expectation of, of what could possibly be in here. <laughs> and Maeveline, as you look into the bag, you, you pull it apart and you can see inside that there is this kind of rainbow reflection coming back at you as there's this like iridescent reflection off of a, a variety of feathers inside. And also deeper beneath <laughs> that, you can see like a, a pair of 
uh, light gray pants. Whatever it is, it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> wow, Trev, this is a lot. This this is a lot. Um, <laughs> and it caught co- and it cost a lot too. Oh, it has been charged to the account. Yeah, I can only imagine. Feathers are super in right now. Well, especially these. These feathers come from Prismaria. Oh, that that's kind of gridge. What? Hang on, and and she pulls this out to take a closer look at it. What what are these feathers adorning? As you pull it out, you fa- see this big cloak that has a very specific Thenispartian style. Clearly, it's inspired by uh, Prismadia. Um, and what you can see is that you can put your four forearms into, and if you spread it out, it you would look like a whole wingspan of Prismadian phoenix. Uh, uh, feathers so you would look kind of like a prismatian kind of uh, a phoenix and then the pants underneath are actually desnine shark skin trousers uh, so they would help you like go through the, the, the water the thing is these two things are completely separate these are very popular pants and very popular cloak for these two different areas uh, but Trev Four's algorithm has clearly calculated it to be like What's the most common thing from here and the most common thing from here? Kind of like if you took the most common first name uh, is Mohammed and the most common last name is Wang. Like a Mohammed Wang is <laughs> unlikely, but this is the outfit <laughs> <laughs> that you've been given style-wise. Uh. Uh, Maeve takes all of this in and she I don't know that she's like super into high fashion or anything, but I think she knows enough to like she's plugged in enough to know that these things are both genuinely like attractive and popular items that, you know, would be would would cost a lot and would be uh, envied by her peers kind of thing. And uh, it's it's yeah, I think she's aware that uh, they also don't go together, but maybe has kind of realized what's going on here and that Trev's algorithm is not accounting for, like, it's trying to math fashion and you can't math fashion. (laughs) (laughs) But she uh, puts on on her biggest smile and says, thanks, Trev, this is is great. Uh, I'll I'll try to find somewhere to change into it later, all right? That sounds fantastic. I hope you enjoy them. All right, uh, you know, don't keep us in suspense here. What do you got for Walt? Oh, yes, of course. For Walton, I have this, and I reach in, and it's just a a, a ball cap uh, that has like across it Daibokin, that like the symbol, whatever that may look like. I'm not entirely sure. And then also, of course, like a, a, a T-shirt that is also kind of like uh, it looks like a, a sports jersey, not super reflective but they're all it has a certain kind of sheen to it that also has the Dybokin symbol in the in the center of it and then uh, th- uh the pants underneath are just like these uh kind of like border sh- shorts that go down to the knee whoa is this from the current line for this year's kindred team season it is indeed it is the most popular at this point and due to the fact that you are a fan of Dybokin I figured that this would be a fantastic outfit for you. Oh, amazing, Trev. Oh, and sick, it comes with a code that I can upload and I can get a pair for Scampy. And uh, <laughs> he scans a little tag with his Daibo vice and Scampy also gets a little hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, Maeve Voltre, for suddenly you hear this eruption of cheers that even cuts through the din of Daibokan coming from the other side of the hall uh, where you know it opens up to the skate park. However, at the same time, Walt, an alarm goes off on your phone and you know that it is time for the panel, the data search progression featuring Olive Fraxinus. What do the three of you do? Oh man, it sounds like something real grudge is going on out of the skate park. You don't think that's Brennan Helix, do you? We gotta get out there. Oh, shoot. Uh, Maeve, if we're gonna make this this panel with Olive, we really have to get going to the auditorium right away. Uh, all right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Maeve throws her board down and, and is ready to, like, skate through the hallways. I don't know if that's frowned upon. We've been doing a lot of skating <laughs> through the hallways, and, like, I imagine they don't <laughs> like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's what she's proposing once again. I am going to follow up on the idea that Brinley and Helix were going to the skate park. I'm going to try to find them so that they can also receive their outfits. I hope that the two of you have a great time at the panel. Oh, yeah. Stream it if you can. Make sure you tag our account. Oh, yeah. Go have fun, Trev. And thanks again for the sick threads. Make sure you put them on as soon as possible. I believe that it will make us hella tight in the eyes of all the people around us. Absolutely. And Walt pulls the ball cap on. <laughs> Maybe he's like, yeah, yeah, as soon as soon as I find a place to, yeah, totally. And Trev Fort uh, turns and starts, like, running towards the uh, skate park. And the three of you split off. Walt and Maeve to the panel, Trev to the skate park. Star listeners, it's me, Lena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster, wanting to thank you so, so much for joining us as we continue on this run through DiboCon. We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like outtakes and our special game of Scene Thieves, played with myself, Robin, and Michael. That's patreon.com slash quantum kickflip. I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. You can check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who have a ton of amazing, locally-made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the final chapter of DiboCon on Wednesday, February 22nd. We're going to get you folks back to the action, but first, here's Tybalt with a word from our sponsors. Hey, skaters, what's up? It's me, Tybalt, from BRB. You know, I've been thinking about it, because I don't really know what BRB stands for. I think it stands for Blading, Raiding, Blasting. That is pretty cool. Although we don't really do any raiding, so not really sure what the R is doing there. I'll have to check with one of my compatriots to see if I'm close on the name. Anyway... This episode of Quantum Kickflip is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation and the Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. 
In episode 140, Edmonton Community Foundation's correspondent, Aubriana Snow, learns about how Edmonton's food bank goes beyond to support community members. You can subscribe to the podcast at thewellendowedpodcast.com. That's thewellendowedpodcast.com. Dang. This Edmonton dimension sounds pretty sweet. I wonder if it's close to popularia and if its proximity contributes to its coolness. This episode of Quantum Kickflip is also brought to you by Edmonton Public Schools Open House. I wonder if any of these schools has a skate park with a loop-de-loop. That'd make it pretty cool. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to Edmonton Public Schools Open House. Meet the staff and ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs. Explore your options and find the school that feels right. Find event dates and learn how to make the most out of your visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. Helix and Brinley, you are back in the uh, Escher staircase section uh, of the park. People are still cheering, hollering, uh, whistling. Um, More and more people are coming into the skate park, uh, excited to skate around and just like live in this moment of hype. And you're gearing up for your stunt. Helix, hit it. So, Brinley, as we discussed previously, I'm going to need you to just hit the loop, uh, ride through the loop. Uh, Don't need to do a trick anything, but if you want to maybe give me a high five as you go by, uh, I'll be right there at the apex waiting for you. You got it. All right, everyone. You just saw an incredible stunt from the one and only Brinley Zerk of Gold Star Disaster. Uh, I, of course, am Helix Pinnacle. And I'm going to do a stunt that I like to call the Sticky Loop the Loop. <laughs> uh, he's going to kick off on his board, and uh, yeah, he's got a, he's got a plan in mind uh, using his uh, Jellican Daibokin we got at the Daibo Dash. Uh, and everyone is cheering, uh, skating around you as you approach. Let's get a roll, friend. Once I'm in position, follow Brinley uh, through the loop. All right, let's hit it. I'm Helix Pinnacle. And this is the sticky loop de loop. <laughs> and yeah, uh, so I think I'm going to use uh, one of the D6 from my hard light board. Uh, I think I'm going to also use one of the D6 from my uh, smarts because this is going to use uh, a lot of physics and you know really defying gravity here. Um, Ooh, important question. Uh, speaking of uh, gravity in the loop, on or off? Oh. S- Still on because I want people coming past me. Okay. Uh, and it's not going to matter for what I'm planning. So Sounds great. Uh, would you like one of my resources since I am helping you? Uh, sure. I'll take, uh, I'll take a kick. Yeah, I can give you a kick from my gauntlet. Love it. I'm also go- obviously doing a trick. Yep. If you pull this off, you get one style. If there is a problem, it will be worse. Uh, and having not learned a lesson from the last time I tried to turn my board into a star shape, uh, still trying to keep that gold star <laughs> disaster branding. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He's going to turn his, I'm going to use the energy lattice to turn the board into a star shape, um, but they're going to kind of curve up a little bit um, because I already learned that, you, you know, extending your board in random directions is a recipe for uh, getting it caught on scenery. 
I, I can hear my dad's voice in my head being like, no, the width of your vehicle. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, the, the sort of like when a star sh- when a starfish curls, some of the the things kind of come up towards him. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and basically, I'll I'll describe it as as helix. Um, so yeah, he he kicks off his board, starts going up the loop, getting some of the speed he needs on the ramp that kicks you off. Starts sliding down. Uh, he's got Jellican in his hand, uh, and even though this is a very expensive Jellican, he could probably sell it. Uh, my plan is to uh, smash it on. The on the track. Um, so this is kind of a one and do- you know whether this works or fails, I'm I'm out of Jellican. Oh my god! Okay. So <laughs> oh. <sighs> he's like psyching himself up, kicks off, starts hoverboarding down the ramp, gets up to the ramp, throws the Jellican uh, about uh, a couple feet in front of him. Right when he's at the apex, he's he winds rip- whipping past his hair. He's moving. He's he's doing it. A five was the highest of the three. All right, big success. Yeah, so as he's, he's you know he's going up the loop, um, he's at what would be you know one o'clock essentially, um, or eleven. I don't know which direction <laughs> the loop goes, but it doesn't matter. He's right yeah. right before the apex. Throws the jellican down at what would be twelve o'clock on the loop. Uh, as soon as the jellican smashes, uh, sort of slime goes everywhere and he is going to jump off his board. He is currently upside down. He is going to grab his board and he is going to plant his feet where the Jellican is. So now he's hanging upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also forgot to mention he was hopefully streaming some of this and I'm hoping Brinley uh, and Trev, if Trev's handy, will stream some of this as well. Um, but uh, uh, other than whatever my mixed success is, he, you know, he, he jumps off his board, plants his feet in the ooze and he is now hanging upside down uh, like so many Nick Lowe's before him, uh, <laughs> dangling upside down on the uh, apex of this loop. Um, he's got board in one hand, phone in the other, Jellican on his feet. Uh, but the, he's holding the camera in such a way that he looks like he's standing on the ground. But the fact that like his hair is dangling and you can see the upside down skyline of popularity behind him. And now I'm hoping uh, other skaters are going to start racing past me, including Brinley. I think people start racing past pretty much immediately once you sort of clear the first segment of the loop because it's sort of broken up into three sections where the top part is like a floating semicircle and then the parts that join up on either side are their own segments as well. So as soon as you basically clear the first segment and are approaching the apex and pulling off your trick, people are following you and like racing past, giving you high fives and stuff. What happens... For your complication is you hear and you realize your grip at the top is uh, tenuous mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, the gravity of it isn't the kind of thing where you can just like walk across the loop. It more like gives you additional sort of force and momentum to be able to stay on the rail or on the loop more easily. So you're not exactly going to like fall up, you know what I mean? But it's not even that gravity is failing you in this situation, it's that Jellican is failing you in this situation. As it starts to stretch and you start to dangle lower and lower and 
If you don't nope this, you are going to fall like 60 feet. No problem. I had a plan for gravity, regardless of whether it's a nope or just a, a slick addition to the move. <laughs> All uh, right. <laughs> as he begins to, as he begins, sorry. <laughs> um, but as he begins to fall, uh, he is going to uh, activate the portal pass uh, and create a portal beneath him. You know, so he makes, he makes a portal at six o'clock and then he also makes a portal at about eight o'clock. Okay. He lets himself fall. He, he accepts that Jellican's not gonna be able to hold his weight. He's still streaming, maybe even does a bit of a flip in the air, falls through the portal at six and comes flying out uh, back on his board at eight o'clock to finish the loop. And then throws his hands up like he's like, yeah, yeah, I did it. Brinley, we did it. Like he's looking, you know, Brinley's coming down the ramp. Like Brinley, we did it. Oh my God, yes, yes. And as you're celebrating this victory and feeling this adrenaline coursing through your body, it slowly dawns on you that the reaction to your stunt is doesn't have the same enthusiasm that Brinley's did. In fact, it's kind of a mix. Some people do seem to be cheering, like they think it's a cool thing that you did, but actually... A lot of the people around you are kind of kind of just staring at you and they seem uncomfortable and a couple people even seem upset. And one of the skaters uh, that was taking the pass on this loop skates down and past you and pulls to a stop uh, and cradled uh, in her arms is a stinky little blob that's <laughs> uh, like... She's like, why would you do that to a Daibokin? This is your problem being worse. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. It's <laughs> it's not so much that I noped the fall. This is the, you know, this is the thing. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Do I still have to take trouble for, for noping? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, hands are up. He's like, yeah, up top, everybody, down low. What, what do you mean? Why would I do this to a Jellican? It's a it's a device. It it. It's part of the stunt. I used the thing to do the stunt. What do you mean, do this to a Jellican? Jellican's clearly not happy that you did that. And Jellican's like, la, 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 and then the ooze forms like a little fist and it shakes it at you. <laughs> I suppose I didn't really take those feelings into account, but I don't know. I looked gridge as heck. Uh, I, I, whatever. <laughs> what, what, it's a Jellican. It's a um, yeah, hope, really hoping to lean on the fact he didn't take a lot of people's feelings into consideration. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's like, I don't know. It's a, it's a tool. Uh, we use tools to achieve our goals. Uh, I know how you nerds do it in Kindred, but in web, uh, tools are for achieving goals. And that's what I did. So give me my, give me my tool back. You don't deserve <laughs> this tool. And she turns and walks away. And a couple other people are like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. There's a million Daibokin vending machines around here. Uh, I had good luck last time. I'm sure I'll have good luck again. Come on. He's trying to find anyone who'll give him a high five. He's like, that was that was cool, right? And I think you had like a mix at the beginning in which some people, maybe some of the popularians or like the people who you could tell sort of like vibe at this skate park more so than Daibokan. At first they were sort of cheering you on, but seeing the way that you have responded to this girl and your flagrant disregard for, you know, the creature for which this whole con is based around. The the tides have noticeably started to turn more against you. People are not really giving you the love that you so crave from pulling off this stunt. Hmm. Well, 
Whatever. That was still a sick Gold Star Disaster Sunt. I can't believe we got it on the stream. Brindley, what, how, did, how did that feel? We, we got the high five in at the end there. That was great. Brindley? Yeah. Um, yeah. Way to go, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for helping me. This is great. We've both been crushing it today. <laughs> mm -hmm. Can you believe these nerds? They're just all freaked out about a little device. I mean, whatever. It, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think as the two of you exit the skate park, uh, you come across Tybalt and the person that he that he was with, uh, the girl with the uh, twin braids and the athletic gear. They both approach you and Tybalt's like, Brinley, that was superb. Congratulations on getting first place on the leaderboard. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, my friend. Uh, I I had uh, quite a bit of inspiration from yourself, so I appreciate that. Oh heck, that's so I'm so flattered to hear, but also mildly disappointed that you beat me. Better luck next time, Tybalt. <laughs> and uh, the girl says that was incredible, and Whiplash is going to be pissed. I mean, I'm a little pissed, but like, I'm okay with it. Hi, I'm K Jump. Hello, nice to meet you. I am Brinley. I'm also in BRB with Tybalt. That's radical. So, you're laser bladers, right? Yeah, check it out. And she, like, pops out. Like, she was just wearing shoes that looked almost like kind of kiddish light-up shoes. Uh, but then she, like, clicks them together and, like, pops out these pink hover skates. Very cool. Yeah, very cool indeed. You guys, did you guys see the stunt that I pulled? They don't even know how to tally a trick like that on the leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, good job. You did it. I guess it just didn't get enough points to go on the leaderboard. I guess so. Oh, that's all right. I am. I am just buzzing. I. Oh, where's Where's the rest of the crew? I. I and he just kind of like walks off in his own adrenaline fugue state. If you guys want to keep continuing this conversation. <laughs> uh, Tybalt turns to to Brindley and says, "Oh man, it's too bad. If the two of you had changed your tricks together, maybe you both would have scored. I mean, that's how most of us got on the board in the first place." <laughs> Wait, you can do it together? Totes. <laughs> Oh, very good. Anyway, we'll be keeping our eyes out for you. You really do seem like you're rising up in comers. I wish you all the best. Thanks, ma'am. It's wonderful to meet both of you. I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Nice to meet you, too. Maybe we'll compete against each other sometime. That'd be pretty great. Hey, Brinley. Brinley, uh, Trev, Trev's got something for us. All right. Uh, laters. Bye. Laters. <laughs> <laughs> and the two of you meet up with Trev Floor on the beach. Wilton Maeve, the two of you join up with uh, the first line that you have seen in all of Daibokan. Walt was absolutely correct. The layout of this was done in such a way that any long lines, uh, bathrooms, those kinds of things are sort of like hidden away, not in a way that they're hard to find, but just in a way that if you're not looking for it, it's kind of not there, you know? The two of you wait in line and are eventually admitted into the auditorium which, oh God, just think of like the most elaborate, ritzy, opulent opera hall you can think of. There's literal balconies and a red curtain and a gold proscenium. Uh, <laughs> this is what the auditorium looks like at Popularia University. <laughs> the, the two of you find seats and as you look around, you notice that the auditorium is filling up fast. This is a popular 
panel. Oh, looks like we made it here just in time. It's uh, it's filling up. Yeah, is there anywhere you'd like to sit? I, I wouldn't mind being closer up, but but they should have a, a screen so we can really hear or see from anywhere. Oh no, this this is your thing. This is the whole reason you're here, right? Let's let's get right down front. All right, uh, let's go. I think uh, Wold very innocently kind of like grabs your arm and sort of pulls you forward. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> uh, flushes a little bit and, and it's like, oh, uh, oh, oh okay. Uh, and just follows your lead. Um, we managed to find three seats up near the front. Maybe not in like the very front row, but in that sort of front section. So like we could easily get to a microphone if there's a question period or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we find three seats, one for Maeve, one for Walt, and one for Scampy. Of course. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> As you settle into your seats, after a few moments, the lights shift to focus on the stage and a lanky adult operablen man steps forward. He's got extremely short, kind of washed out orange hair that he's like spiked up into the tiniest little spikes. <laughs> um, and he's wearing just like a slick white suit jacket. Uh, he's grinning. One side of his grin like kind of comes up higher than the other. Just that like weird charismatic sort of lopsided grin that people have sometimes. And he's wearing a headset mic, and a screen does go up behind him, and it's going to sort of alternate between a camera feed of him and a slideshow. And as he paces the stage, he says, Hello there, Daibokin enthusiasts! How's it hanging? My name is Trank Darvish, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the many surge states of Daibokin. Uh, a slideshow starts up behind Trank, titled The Data Surge Progression, and featuring an image of some kind of flowchart featuring a silhouetted creature getting larger and larger in each step of the chart. Uh, Trank continues. First things first, what is a surge state? You may be used to your Daibokin looking and behaving a certain way, but the truth is there is so much more than meets the eye. Your Daibokin has the ability to surge into completely new versions of itself, each one more advanced and powerful than the one that came before. Uh, the slideshow clicks through a series of slides as Trank is talking depicting what appears to be a data-surging Daibokin. Uh, the first slide seems to be a waving, smiling teddy bear. As the slides progress, it changes into a bear cub wearing a sailor hat, then an enormous roaring grizzly bear wearing a pirate hat and eye patch, and finally a bear with weirdly bulging muscles in full pirate garb with a cannon for an arm. <laughs> As the slide clicks back to the teddy bear, Trank continues. Chances are, if you've met a Daibokin, you've seen it in its proto-form. This is the default state for Daibokin, and though it has limited intelligence and capabilities, it can still pack a punch. Proto-form Daibokin can still complete simple tasks, hold their own in battle, and form a close bond with you, its trainer. Yeah, you can, Scampy. Uh, the slide switches over to the bear cub in the sa sailor hat again, uh, that appears to be conversing with an operablen. The next step up from proto-form is primary form. Primary form Daibokin have increased power, intelligence, and awareness, and it is in this form that your Daibokin can speak with you. Who here has ever had their Daibokin surge into primary form? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I have. Uh, a few more hands go up, a couple more people chirping, yep, yep. Maybe like a quarter to a third of the room. Uh, not the whole auditorium by any means. Viperkin, put my hand down! <laughs> 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 Maybe you do hear that actually, and this is this is when you do realize that Bradley is in fact in attendance at this panel. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, right? 
Though Daibokin can surge into more advanced forms, this is not a permanent nor strictly linear progression. If a Daibokin exerts itself, or even if enough time passes, it will eventually revert back to its default form. Uh, and then it, like, the slideshow cuts back to the teddy bear uh, stretching and yawning, and then the next slide is uh, the teddy bear having a nap in its little Daibo vice. It's a little pixelated teddy bear. <laughs> Most of the time, when the Daibokin reverts, it will return to proto-form. However, with enough care and perseverance, some Daibokin trainers can work with their Daibokin to make primary form their default state. This panel continues for a while uh, as Trank really gets into the weeds of what the data search progression is all about. There's a couple more questions that he asks the crowd as they raise their hands and, and answer politely. And after a while of this, uh, you know, he's talking about how there's up to five surge states of da- Daibokin, how there could even be branching states and the rarity of each one uh, and how there's even one form that uh, is only rumored, only legend uh, kind of thing. Eventually all of this comes to an end and as Trank starts talking now, the more he talks, the more people start to get amped as he says, And now for the moment of the panel you have all undoubtedly waited for, I am very excited to introduce our featured guest. She is a multi-league Daibokin champion and very possibly the greatest Daibokin trainer of all time. Please join me in welcoming to the stage, Olive Fraxinus! Everyone loses their minds as Olive walks on stage. And, Gwenna, mm-hmm. can you tell me what Olive looks like? Olive is a uh, slender 15-year-old operabling girl. She's got mint green hair up in, like, a tiny ponytail. Like, it's mostly down around her chin, but there's one little section that's tied off coming out the side of her head. Uh, she has goggles pushed up on her forehead. She is wearing uh, uh, like a like a baby doll tee uh, and a huge belt slung around her hips that has multiple Daibo vices on it. She's wearing fingerless gloves, uh, jeans, and boots. Amazing. And at this moment, is there anyone accompanying Olive? Yes. There is a little uh, mole. Oh. <laughs> it, this is weird because they're on hardwood but he's like permanently in the dirt (laughs) and like pulls himself forward with his claws yes and like moves through the stage and then it's not damaged after he's moved through yeah how does this work we don't know magic or no Mm -hmm. science Trank motions for Olive to sit with him and says, uh, Olive, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Trank. I'm so excited to be here. What about you, Varpakin? Hi, Olive. Hi, Trank. <laughs> oh. uh, though you have several Daibokin that you are training, an impressive feat, by the way, it seems like Varpakin is the one who is with you the most. Can you tell me a little bit about your relationship to Varpakin? Absolutely. Varpakin was my very first Daibokin. Well, <laughs> he wasn't called Varpakin just then because he would have been in his proto form. But we've worked together so hard and our bond is unbreakable. So he always goes around in his primary form. That's so impressive. What's your advice for other Daibokin trainers who might be looking to train their Daibokin towards primary form? Make sure that you have a good, equal, 
opportunity relationship with your Daibokin. It's not just them who need to work really hard. You need to work hard, too. You need to give to them, and they can give back to you. That is so wise, Olive Fraxinus. Can you tell me about the greatest Daibokin moment that you have experienced in your time as a Daibokin trainer? Well, and she kind of leans in. Don't go telling this to anyone. Everyone in this auditorium is sworn to secrecy, all right? <laughs> Trank does like a shushing gesture and looks around the room. I may have seen a perfect form Daibokin. <gasps> Trank doesn't exaggerate a gasp, but the gasps in the theater are completely genuine. <laughs> uh, Maeve kind of like catches the social cue and is like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's true then? It's not just rumor? No, I've seen it with my own eyes. In fact, and she like nods at her, she like pats Varpa can on the head. It was Varpa who surged all the way. <gasps> Another exaggerated gasp from Trank, uh, along with actual gasps in the crowd. Olive, I feel like maybe this is a little bit of a push for the spotlight that I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> oh, Varpakin, I know how shy you are, but you should be proud of your accomplishments. Like me, I'm proud of my accomplishments. As you should be. We're now going to open up the panel to a Q&A with the audience. Please line up at the microphones and be ready to ask your questions to Olive Fraxinus. Hey, Walt, you, you, you had a question you wanted to ask, right? That's why you wanted to sit down front. Get up there and ask your chance. Uh, yeah, uh... One sec, uh, pardon, sorry, S uh, excuse me, uh, man and shrimp coming through. <laughs> uh, Olive answers a couple of questions, uh, like, what's the best care regimen for your Daibokin? If your Daibokin is a fish, does it need to breathe underwater? You know, things like that. Uh, and then it's your turn, Walt. <laughs> uh, uh, first off, I just want to say, Miss Fraxton, it's so fantastic to hear you speak about your Daibokin journey and... The ability to reach a perfect form, that's thats incredible. Oh, well, thank you very much. It only happened once, but it did happen. Amazing. Well, I was just wondering if you had any advice on, well, I know for the most part, any Daibokin that's going to go through uh, surge progression wouldn't require a data surge Daibovice, but I actually had a situation not too long ago where, well, my Scampikin here, he'd, he'd had a surge into a primary form, and I haven't upgraded my Daibovice at all. Wow, your Dabokin must think you're really special to surge without an actual data surge data import. Yeah, well, I think he's pretty special too. Isn't that right, Scamp? <laughs> oh, hello, he's so cute. It is possible, but you need to work extra hard to do it. It's much easier to just get the data surge pack. Right, and then beyond that, forms and forms keep getting easier once you've got that upgrade gone? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Th thank you so much for, for all your wisdom here. It's... It's really great that such a grand convention could, could get you out here to talk about this stuff. Thanks. I am pretty wise. A friendly reminder that uh, data surge data imports are available for sale outside of this panel. Any other questions for Olive Fraxinus? Uh, Miss Fraxinus, what's your favorite kind of pasta? <laughs> for the last time, relevant to Daibokin. Uh... Oh. <laughs> Farfalla. Uh, actually, I have a question. Uh, hi, uh, Miss uh, Fraxinus. Um, my name is Brabley, and uh, I'm a big fan. Um, and my question is, uh, well, I have a friend, um, who has a Daibokin, 
and my friend used the, the data search Dibo vice and now his Dibokin is in primary form all the time. Um, but ever since he's upgraded his Dibokin, he's had trouble controlling it and it, it seems like it, it won't listen to him anymore and it kind of fights with him all the time and maybe it almost seems like it doesn't want to be his Dibokin anymore. Um, so I guess my question is, uh, why is this happening and what should, um, what should he do? Well, Bradley, this is very important. Thank you for bringing it up. Did you know that Daibo can react to the strength of a person's character? Basically, if you are not strong enough, if you are not a good enough person, your <laughs> Daibo will probably learn to fight back and not want to listen to you anymore. You might have surged them too early. They like it when you uh, use a firm hand and a large stick and a velvet glove. Mm. <laughs> okay, so does my friend need to get velvet gloves? <laughs> your friend needs to tell your friend's Dibokin who the real boss is. If you let your Dibokin become the alpha, well, then that's not going to be a very good relationship now, is it? I guess not. Um, thanks, Olive. Uh... I'm going to tell my friend all that, and Bradley turns and rushes out of the room. Hmm. All right, look at the time. Uh, that is going to conclude this uh, this panel. Thank you again so much, Olive, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to be here, and Varpa's excited, too. I just want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Olive will be around for signings after. Check her out in Section G. <laughs> And uh, uh, Olive and Trank walk off stage, and the lights uh, shift back to house up. Maeve's back in in her seat, waiting for you when you when you come back from the mic, Walt. Wow, Maeve, can you believe it? She she knew all about my question and and what I can do to to really improve what I'm working on with Scampican for data surging. I I'm so glad we got to come to this panel. Yeah, I guess. What what was that scrawl she was saying about Bradley's character though? That he's not a a strong enough person to to control his Dibokin. I I mean, Bradley's grid as hell. I don't, I don't know where she gets off criticizing him like that. I don't know. I, I can't say I know him super well, but I don't know if I were to equate it to something I don't know, oddly tangible, I might say he doesn't have enough badges to train a Dibokin of that level. <laughs> <laughs> but of course there isn't any actual sort of badge system in, in, in the formatting of their code or anything. I mean, I guess I don't know him that well either, but I, I still don't take kindly to that kind of credit. I mean, she, she if I don't know him and you don't know him, she knows him even less than we do. Where does she get off? Hey, did, did you see which way he went? I, I didn't see him go back to his seat after he asked his question. He probably ran out of here. I would if someone talked down to me like that. Well, you say he's a pretty grid kid. Do you think we should go talk to him? Yeah, maybe. I mean, when we saw him earlier with that snake thing attacking Brinley, he, I mean, I, I hate to pile on and kick him when he's down, but but he didn't seem to have a great handle on that, and maybe it's not his fault. Maybe it's something with his, his little monster guy. Maybe maybe there's a problem. I'd hate to see him get hurt. Well, l let's see what we can do here. Uh, then, yeah, I think with that, uh, the ability I'm going to try and use here uh, as Walt is Button Masher. Mark one turbo to use a locked mod for the length of one action, or two turbo if the mod is from another device. Potential problems are worse. Okay. You can just import powers from completely different devices. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, to do this, though, I only have one more turbo available on the robot companion. 
Uh, am I? Would I be able to take a dare to get that other turbo to mark for it? I'll give you that. So yeah, I'd just be rolling the 2d6 then, and I think I'm going to take a dare. I'll do the one trouble to mark that other secondary boost to be able to use this ability at all. Uh, and yeah, the one that I will be trying to invoke is the Hyperoptic Visor's Omniscience Aperture. You can see through walls, into objects, and all around you. All right. Uh, taking a little uh, leaf from Trev Four's playbook, I see. Hey, that's that's my deal. Hey, you're over at the skate park. You, I'm, I, I'm over here in the school. What is this voice? <laughs> so I'll just be rolling the uh, Chills 2d6 on this one. So five and a six. Amazing. Perfect success. Uh, describe what this looks like on Scampy and how you track down Brabley. I think uh, Walt has to do some fiddling with the, the buttons and, and different inputs on the dive device itself. And he goes, all right, Scamp, uh, you remember the little kid who was out with Viperkin before? We're, we're going to try and track him down. Do you think you'd be able to do that for us? And with that, uh, Scampion's big bulbous eyes begin to glow blue, sort of taking on the same aquamarine that a lot of his different bubble abilities do. Uh, and as they begin to shine up, he begins sort of turning around, scanning, looking, uh, and then he actually is going to blow out two big bubbles, uh, one that sort of envelops Walt's head and one that envelops Maeve's. Uh, and then they can sort of take on this vision that he's just uh, taken access to <laughs> with the omniscience aperture, and we can sort of scan and look through, and maybe somewhere off the distance we see a, a telltale segmented brim from a baseball cap. You do. Uh, it's not far off, and it looks like he's not, like, standing still or something. It looks like he's struggling with something. Oh. Uh, that doesn't look good. Well, I think we better we better get there fast. Yeah, absolutely. Scampion, let's board up. This roll turned out perfectly. I, I knew what was going to happen. Basically, the worse you rolled, the the longer it would take. Uh, and then the later you would come across this scene. The two of you uh, hoverboard as quick as you can uh, down this back hallway, uh, another sort of side hallway. You pass another big line for a different panel uh, and you round a corner and you see Brabley and Viperkin. They are both fighting over the device, the Dibo vice. Brabley has it in his hands, and Viperkin has it in his mouth. And Brabley's like, Viperkin, let go! You have to listen to me! I'm not going to listen to you anymore. You heard her. You're not strong enough to control me. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 what's going on here, Brabley? Viperkin, come on, please! Viperkin! And with a huge tug, Viperkin yanks the Dibo Vice out of Brabley's hand, and he starts to glow, and he starts to grow. He gets bigger and bigger, and you can see his serpentine form starting to change. Uh, His head becomes more cobra-like, as he's just this, like, glowing light that is getting bigger and bigger, and you almost have to step back because he's starting to really fill this hallway. And you hear him say, Viperkin, data search to Cobrakin. And the light dissipates, and you see this black and indigo cobra-like snake that is enormous, long, and thick with sharp 
fangs, a purple tongue, and two pairs of bright yellow eyes with slit pupils. And those eyes narrow, and he says, Let's have some fun. And suddenly, Cobrakin charges past you and begins rampaging through Divocon. <laughs>